Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Well, shalom, shalom, shalom. Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of Chatting with Rabbi Mike. Well, I want to say welcome back to Rabbi Mike because he's been gone for two weeks. And last week, I was gone. I had my doctor's appointment. So here we are. After a three-week hiatus, we're back. Welcome back, Rabbi. Good morning, and welcome back. Thank you, Etienne. Good morning. Good morning. Good to have you back. How are you doing today? Thank you. Everything is great. Uh, moving right along, and um, today we have a wonderful topic to talk about. Oh, yes, a very in-depth topic, Jewish ethics. So let's not uh, let's wait any longer. Let's just dive right into it. Jewish ethics, some basic concepts, what we're going to talk about. Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, when, when we start, we should talk about uh, what, what we mean when we're talking about ethics in general. Ethics are basically principles, exactly. principles yeah. that would guide our behavior. Um, so what are the principles that guide our behavior to be ethical? Uh, moral is another way uh, for us to talk about it. What are the ways that we live our lives so that we yeah. live... Uh, at least according to uh, Judaism, a moral life and ethical life. And the texts that we're going to look at over these sessions uh, come from a wide variety of sources. But overall, Jewish texts are supposed to help be this guide to live an ethical life, specifically the Torah, which contains in it 613 commandments, are supposed to help guide wow. us, help us, help us find that ethical balance that we're supposed to do and live a life which pursues righteousness and justice and uh, repairing the world, but not just on a global point of view, taking care of ourselves and taking care of our loved ones. So overall, Jewish texts are, are supposed to, at least in theory, um, be that ethical framework for us. Wow. Now, before you go any so, further, let's back up a little bit. Excuse me a minute, please. Before you go any further, did I hear you say there were over 600 commandments? In the Torah, there are, uh, I mean, depending who you ask, but it's commonly understood that there are 613 what we call mitzvot, 
or commandments in the Torah, the five wow. books of Moses. Genesis to Deuteronomy, wow. you have 613 commandments. Yes. Yes. How do you keep now, track some of, of that them, many? <laughs> well, some of them, about half of them don't apply anymore. So, some of them uh, apply oh. only when they're in the temple, uh, the great temple in Jerusalem, okay. and some, some don't apply because there are uh, rules against things or rules for things that don't exist anymore or don't exist in this society. Um, but uh-huh. uh, there are a great deal still that uh, that guide us or can guide us if we choose to adhere to them. Okay. Sure. So this is to All say right. nothing of the sure. This is to say nothing of the larger rabbinic texts such as the Mishnah and the Talmud, which come from the second to the fifth century CE, which are absolutely filled with rules and laws and law code and ways to live your life. Um, And uh, one of the first texts that I want to read actually comes from the Talmud Yerushalmi, the Jerusalem Talmud. There are two. There's one uh, that was made in the diaspora and the exile and one that was made in Jerusalem. This one comes from the one that was made in Jerusalem. And it's from Jerusalem Talmud Sanhedrin, Chapter 4, Section 22, and it says the following. For this reason, the human being was created alone to teach that all who destroy a single life are though they destroyed an entire universe, and those who save a single life are as if they had saved an entire universe. Furthermore, the first human was created alone for the sake of peace among people so that no one could say to another, my ancestor was greater than yours. So that's the first text we're going to read today. Okay. Wow. And Impressive. And it's powerful words, um, but it extends the understanding of um, if you take away everything else, uh, the rabbis teach that we were created to save others and to create peace. That's what we're created okay. for. That should bind our yes. lives with ethics. That's how we should approach our lives and others. Okay. And... You can also hear a little bit of humility in there. You can't say that my ancestor yeah, my ancestor was greater than yours. So to be humble yes. as well. Yeah, humility is there. Yes. Right. And um and it goes on, so that was verse twelve. It goes on. And it says, Yet another reason was to proclaim the greatness of the Holy One, blessed be God. For when a human being strikes many coins from one mold, They all resemble one another. But the supreme sovereign of sovereigns, the Holy One, blessed be God, fashioned every person in the stamp of the first human. And yet not one of them resembles another. For this reason, every human being is obligated to say, for my sake, the world was created. Wow. So so let's unpack that a little bit. Um, it says, you know, um, you know, the idea that 
um, God created us all out of the mold of the first human. Um, but, of course, throughout generations and throughout different families, we all look different and things like that, but we can all trace ourselves back to that one human. And so we, are, we should approach mm-hmm. the world that we are all equal because we all come from the same place, but also exactly. that we remain humble under the same God. This is, of course, for religious people, people who do not believe in God. Yes. Obviously, this wouldn't apply, this belief system, but for those who do believe in God, at least um, in the Abrahamic religions, um, this, is, this is the idea that um, you know, we stem from the same place and we are under the same God. That creates an equality among us, and therefore that would shape our ethics and be able to say, how am I to treat another person while I should treat them as they were equal to me? Yeah. So, um, go ahead. Go ahead. So, um, let's um, let's go to the Torah, the five okay. books of Moses, and there are two uh, texts that I'll read from the five books of Moses. One of them comes from Leviticus, or what we would call Vaikra, chapter nineteen, verse thirteen. And it says, you shall not defraud your neighbor, nor rob him. The wages of he who is hired shall not remain with you all night until the morning. So that's one little law about um, two things. One, right, um, don't, uh, don't steal from your neighbor, but also okay. don't hold wages. Don't hold wages. Um, and the other that we'll read um, before we'll continue with our discussion is from Deuteronomy, or what we call Devarim, 24, 14 through 15. It goes like this. You shall not oppress a hired servant who is poor and needy, whether he is of your brothers or of your strangers who are in your land inside your gates. At his day you shall give him his hire, nor shall the sun go down upon it, for he is poor and sets his heart upon it, lest he cry against you to the Lord, and it should be a sin to you. In other words, again, this is about equality, right? You don't oppress the poor and needy, whether he's Jewish or not Jewish, whether he's Christian or not Christian, or Muslim or non-Muslim, atheist or not atheist, whether they are of your family, religion, or, or culture, or strangers. You treat them equally as well, um, and um, and that too speaks to the ethical understanding of the world and to those people. So before we go forward, Etienne, um, any questions you have so far? No, I'm learning as I'm going forward with you. You answered my question about the 613 qu- commandments. <laughs> now, I'm not laughing at them. I'm laughing at myself because. I'm overwhelmed with 600. The number just blew me away. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is, as I said, is you can probably cut it in half uh, and yes. then probably take a few more off and, and it's a little less yes. uh, overwhelming. Uh-huh. But, uh, but it's true. Um, you know, that's what the code of law is. It's, it's a way yes. to live your life. And yes. so obviously, there's a lot of laws. Well, you know, it means a lot. Yes, exactly. Because... Everything you've said so far tells us and shows us to love and live with each other. And 
I don't understand why the world doesn't see that and understand that. But that's another story, another chapter. Let's not even go there. That's just what we have because it makes a lot of sense. Well, it yes. is It is the question, right, is if there are these ethical yes. laws that exist in every religion, why can't we adhere to them? So uh, exactly. that's, a, I think, a more human question, a more emotional question. Yes. Um, yes. That no, no matter what rules are in front of us, there are always going to be uh, those who break it, um, or those exactly. who believe a different uh, source of laws. You know. Yep. yep. Um, so I'll read another text um, as we'll move forward, um, and this is from uh, Sefer Hayira. It's from Ra- Rabbi Jonah, Rabbi Jonah, and he says, "Be careful not to afflict." any living creature, whether animal or bird, and all the more so one should not afflict a person who is created in the image of the divine. If you want to hire laborers and you find that they are poor, they should be regarded as poor members of your household and do not degrade them, for you are commanded to have a respectful manner with them and to pay their wages. So this has very important, two very important things, Etienne. One, it says mm-hmm. you, the way that you treat any living creature, animals or birds, all the more so should we treat humans um, even better. Um, you know, it, it doesn't make, make us equal with birds and animals, but, but we say, like, you know, we're very nice to you know, we don't shoot birds, you know, all the time, unless we go hunting, obviously. But, you know, and we treat our animals with a great deal of respect. And if we do that, um, all the more so should we do so for, for human beings. The second one is, uh, the second aspect is really um, fascinating. This, this rabbi says that if you're hiring people to work for you, um, they should be regarded as members of your household. They should sleep on your couch. And uh, you should feed them just like you would feed your children. That's how, um, at least poor laborers who can't sustain themselves, that's how much respect you need to provide to those who are working for you. Um, So if we look at the world today in terms of how workers are treated, I guess they missed this one a little bit. Yes. Um, A respectful manner with them to pay their wages. Yes. I remember growing up right here in St. Thomas when we had a, my grandmother had a workman, well, he brought his crew with him to do some work. And she did the same identical thing. She made sure he had something to eat. Of course, he refused. But she offered him something to eat when it was lunch time. Mm-hmm. She offered him the opportunity to come and sit down upstairs. He refused. He stayed outside in the space. But nevertheless, I didn't think anything of it. But now that I'm an adult, I can see, having lived away from the Virgin Islands, different cultures, I can see where my grandmother was living, the principle that you discussed in my town, and she wasn't even Jewish. So it's a common principle for those who understand what God put on, put on this world for, to help each other, to love each other. And she was doing it normally and actually, and of course I picked it up, didn't know what I was doing, I just thought that's what everybody did. And mm-hmm. the adult came to find out it was different. <laughs> yes. When I was in college, but that's, that's what I learned. learned it was different. It? I mean, 
Exactly. That's how we learn. Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, by by our parents and 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 those sort of influences. Um, yes. And and so that's how that's what shapes our shapes our beliefs. Um, so this this book that I was reading, Savor How You Raw, it's about um, um, from uh, 16th century. Um, and um, you know, it gives us it should give us a little little humility about how we treat our our sure. workers and how we treat our you know our workers these are you know the people who work for us right these are these are very important ways to exactly. understand our own ethical ethical limits about you know how how do we act around them how do we treat them how do we um pay them do we do that correctly do we honor them as human beings? Do we treat them as slaves? I mean, this shows a great deal of who we are, who we can be. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, let's see. Let me see if there's another text that we can uh, read today. Take a look here. <clears throat> okay. Okay. So um, there is a much uh, later text um, by uh, Rav Soloveitchik. Um, Rav Soloveitchik actually um, he he actually died in 1993. Um, so wow. he was a fascinating Orthodox rabbi, um, very very um, powerful and, and things like that. So. Um, and wrote a great deal of books, wonderful books about Judaism. So um, he writes in uh, in a book called The Halachic Man, or Ish Halacha, which talks about um, how you live a life through Jewish law. And um, it's a little dense, but it's a good book. And he, um, and I've studied it, but he says the following. He says, the actualization of the ideals of justice and righteousness is the pillar of fire which halachic man, the, the man of the law, follows when he, as a rabbi and teacher in Israel, services his community. According to the outlook of the law, the service of God can be carried out only through the implementation, the actualization of its principles in the real world. Now, what is he saying here? It's not enough just to read these laws, right, just to study them. Right? right, the outlook of it can only be carried out in how it's implemented, how the law is implemented and its principles, how it applies to the real world. It's not in a vacuum. It's not in um, theory. Right, law is great if it does, unless it doesn't work. Um, and that's a you know that's a revealing understanding of what we need to know about law. He sure. says the idea. The ideal of righteousness is the guiding light of this worldview. Our most fervent desire is the perfection of the world under the dominion of righteousness and loving kindness. These two things, righteousness and loving kindness. That should be our goal, the realization of these things. Um, And we would use the laws in front of us, the Jewish law, to get there and put them together together next to the realities of the world. Um, so that's, 
those are uh, again, you know, they're they're a little bit repetitive, but they flow throughout Jewish history. These are the things that um, that we are looking for, and how we view Jewish ethics. Sure. So let's go to let's let's um, have you ask some questions. I feel like I've been talking for a while. What questions do you have for me, uh, ATN? And they can be about this or uh, something that sparked your question about Judaism or anything else. Well, no, no, I'm I'm listening, and I'm realizing that yes, God did create us. Yes, God put us down on this earth, but He didn't leave us alone. He gave us a guidance. He gave us a book. Mm-hmm. He gave us the Bible. He gave us the Torah. And mm-hmm. if we just follow the principles, this would be not paradise, but close enough to it until we we, we reach our whatever our demise might be, we come to the end of life. The point that, 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 that is really amazing, just common sense is if we help each other, we're really helping ourselves. If you want to look at it from a selfish standpoint, but if you want to look at it from an altruistic standpoint, the more we help others, the more our village grows and develops, our community grows and develops. In fact, I think you're familiar with the old African adage. It takes a village to raise a child. And if we let the child to be an adult, and if we still take care of that adult, we help the whole village. We help the whole community. And isn't it much better when the community is being helped rather than when the community is struggling? And I see that so often. Today we have, today we have a lot of homeless people for whatever reason, but we walk by them as if they don't exist. And many of them are people... Mm who have achieved a lot, many things, many of them veterans, who have achieved many things for the sake of others, and for whatever reason, when they came back to America, they no longer had the economic means that allowed them to live in a home, and they were homeless, and yet we ignored them and not helped them. And, I mean, we could go on and on with this. As a matter of fact, I think we should mention to the uh, audience again that this will continue next week, but not at, on a Tuesday because Tuesday is what your is that the Passover. That's right. So um, so while we're while we're talking about that, um, you know, on April tenth, that's uh, Monday evening. This coming Monday evening yes. is when Passover yes. begins, our Passover holiday, um, or as we call it, Pesach, okay. and our Feast of Unleavened Bread. And um, that will begin April 10th. So on Tuesday, that will be our first day of Passover. So our offices will be closed, okay. and that will be a holiday for us. So we won't be able to do that. Okay. But we might be able sure. to find some time that week uh, to talk, and maybe we can take a break of, with ethics and talk about Passover. I'm happy to do that also. Uh, but we would um, – and that happens again, by the way, the next week, Tuesday the 18th, um, if the office is okay. closed because it's the last day of Passover. So our Jewish holidays are getting in the way of our show. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, our show will go on in spite of what's happening. Let's go to the Wednesday, okay. Wednesday the 12th or Wednesday the 19th. Would that be okay with you? Yeah, that, that would be just fine. That would be just fine. And, uh, okay. and we, can, we can continue um, with our show yes. those days. Um, and I think it would exactly. be nice to do a show on Wednesday about Passover, and we'll talk a little about Passover, and then we'll continue with ethics sure. on Wednesday the 19th. Does that sound good? Fantastic. 
That sounds fantastic. Yes, we'll put it on the calendar. Great, great. Exactly. Great, great. Okay. Wonderful. Well, in the, in the six minutes we have left, we could just pretty well go wherever you want to go with it, and then keep in mind that uh, I'll let you know when it's time for the close of thought. Well, thank you. Um, so, you know, I'm looking through some of my other texts that we'll, we'll talk more about um, on the 19th. And there's a rabbi okay. who, who's, who's very famous, uh, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel. And the reason why he's famous is because he marched with Dr. Martin Luther King um, uh-huh. um, for uh, equality. Um, and his books are wonderful. They're also um, uh, sometimes hard to follow, but he's a very uh, brilliant rabbi. And, um, and he wrote the following. He said, we are all pharaohs or slaves of pharaohs. He says, we're all pharaohs or slaves of pharaohs, one or the other. It is sad to be a slave of a pharaoh. It is horrible to be a pharaoh. So, and, and he goes on, but I'll stop right there. Um, so he says, we are, basically, we are either in a position of extreme power or we are under the power of somebody else. We have, that, we have those choices of who we want to be, right? We can be powerful pharaohs who are all powerful um, and oppress others, or we can be the oppressed, the slaves of pharaohs. And he says it's sad to be oppressed. It's sad to be a slave of a pharaoh, but it's horrible to be a pharaoh. And, and what I think Heschel is saying is, um, you know, people, people do oppress others. Uh, people do uh, yield power and, and um, fight for power and, and step on others to get power. But it's horrible to be that person. It's hard to be that person, um, you know, unless obviously you're, uh, you know, <laughs> ill or narcissistic. But if you have that much power and you do um, oppress others, eventually it will weigh on you. It will take away, it will start to chip away um, at your your morality, your your ethics. So it's horrible to be Pharaoh. Um, not that we should necessarily feel sorry, but it is horrible to do that. Uh, and I thought that was interesting. Usually we hear about how sad it is to be slaves or how sad it is to be oppressed. But, um, you know, how rare is it that we hear about how how horrible it is to be the oppressor, how horrible it is to be the the one in charge in that way? And that's a, that's a different look about um, uh, of ethics that I thought um, – we could throw in here and, and see. What do you think, Etienne? Sure. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't throw it in there. Just bring it in gently. <laughs> so we can absorb it. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And he says, um, he goes on, he says, daily we should take account and ask, what have I done today to alleviate the anguish to mitigate the evil, to prevent humiliation. Let there be a grain of profit in every man. So that's a good uh, mantra to wake up to, right? What have I done today? Yes, or what will I do today? I guess at the yes. end of the day it's better. What have I done today to alleviate yes. the anguish, to mitigate the evil or prevent humiliation? What have I done today to do those things? Exactly. And, and hopefully one day look we like? do nothing. <laughs> yeah. Normally we Hopefully get up and we say, we say what am I going to do? Yeah. yeah. Or we say, what am I going to do for today? 
And normally it's self-centered. We never usually look at You still with me, Jim? Hello? A statement when we say that. Instead of saying, what could I do today to help others? Right, that's true. Well, or I mean, I'll, I'll to reflect upon the day and to reflect upon the yeah. day and say, what did I do which was not so great? And how can I live tomorrow? Exactly. Better. Am I going to be yes. a pharaoh or am I going to be a slave or something in between? Yes, yes. Well, let's leave it at that because we have about 90 seconds to wrap things up. Great, great. Well, uh, complicated stuff today, you know, but we're just scratching the surface. So I hope that yes. uh, we'll continue on. And, um, and let's, um, let's try our best to live our lives in an ethical way, no matter which religion you follow or no religion, there are hopefully a set of guidelines that we can follow and do that. Definitely, definitely. And the point is, if we always lift a helping hand to help someone, we really lift our hand to help ourselves, if we want to look at it that way. But why not look at it the way that when we lift a hand to help the other person, we're really helping that other person live a happier, healthier life lifestyle. So that's, that's really impressive that you brought it up today. May I ask you one last question? How did you sure. happen to come up with this topic? Does it fit with the uh, with the holidays coming up? Actually, I was at a conference uh, when I was out of town, and this was the subject of the conference, and I wanted to share it with all of us. so timely, yeah. very timely. Yes. Well, we're just about out of time. We have about 10 seconds. I want to say thank you very much, Rabbi Mike. Good to have you back again, and we'll see you on Wednesday. So long for now. We just thank you again. So long. You're welcome, my, my good friend. So long. Shalom. Shalom. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.